0: I'm Chrissy Chella and I am a co-founder of two companies and I'm also a fitness trainer. I want to say how I feel, you know, and I think that's the best I can do. Yeah. I believe I was going through a really bad breakup at the time. I'd got cheated on, really self-conscious, I went into destructive mode, I didn't like who I was, so I stepped foot right into the gym. I signed up, I was like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I didn't know what I was doing. Then one day, I decided to just post myself, so I posted it, and I was like, oh, I've actually like got a bit of attention. Wow, all of a sudden, we were like, what is going on? thousands of people are downloading this pdf i was stunned i was shocked i've always had a lot of hunger for work Mm -hmm. i've loved like working when i first started evolve you and honor active i actually intentionally put a rule out where i told my staff not to hug me anymore
1: yeah honestly Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of a millennial mind if you haven't already please 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 can you do me a massive favor and press the subscribe or follow button wherever you're listening or watching to this only 4% of you that watch and listen to this podcast are actually following it and the bigger the show gets the bigger the guests get and the bigger the experience gets too. thank you so much for all of your support so far let's get into the episode. Chrissy. Hello. Welcome to Millennial Mind. Thank you so much for having I me. I am so honored to have you here. It's oh good. A really a dream come true and I'm so grateful that you took the time to come here today. Of course. So for people who don't know who you are if you've been living under a rock can you just tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: <laughs> In a nutshell I'm Chrissy Chella, and I am a co-founder of two companies and I'm also a fitness trainer In a nutshell.
1: (laughs) In a nutshell, yeah. That's a very, very succinct answer. But you know, one of the things that I love about you is you're really authentic. And you can see that throughout your whole platform. And recently you uploaded a post about how when you came into this country, you were a refugee. Mm -hmm. And you shared a story on there, which I don't think a lot of people know about you. So can you tell me a little bit about that?
0: Sure. I think when I first um, shared that story, I was like, I was super nervous. And I was super... I don't think people had ever heard me refer to myself as a refugee. It was always, oh, my parents immigrated here from Albania in the back of a lorry. And it was kind of like a wishy-washy story. Mm. And I think it's because I never knew how people were going to take it, right? Especially with what happened with Brexit and, you know, the split mentality that people had and how people perceive refugees, that I was really scared, but I think Mm -hmm. the older I get and the more comfortable I am with myself and my story and who I am, me being a refugee is the biggest part of who I am. And like, I'm proud of it, I really, really am. So it was finally time for me to really share that story in a way that I could control the narrative as well. So yeah, myself and my family immigrated to the UK when I was about six years old, six, seven years old. We were refugees. We came in the back of a banana lorry, mm. um, which is funny thinking about it, but at the time, yeah. of course it wasn't funny. It was like super scary. And you remember it? Yeah, I remember it. I remember being really cold in, oh in the lorry, so. But I'm just so thankful for my family for even bring us, bringing us here and, you know, risking it because it is a risk like you don't know what could happen in the process of you in the little boat immigrating across borders in the back of a lorry you don't know what could happen with the police you could you don't know what would happen if you're deported back Mm -hmm. so they risked it all to put me in the position I am today
1: and when you talk around that it really reminds me of have you seen the swimmers yeah. It's one of my favorite movies. And I think it is because it really allows you to reframe the way in which you think about refugees. So my parents were both refugees as well. And my mom always talks about when she came here, she was from Uganda. Mm-hmm. And she said they had to leave all of their stuff behind. And if they caught you with anything, they would just shoot you straight oh. there and then. Okay. So when, you know, Idi Amin took over, he re- requested everyone to leave, everyone had to leave. And my mom said that my grandma hid gold in my... Um, auntie's nappy okay and she said that if they had found that goal yeah shot at them straight but luckily my auntie did a poo nice and so <laughs> and so they let her through and my and my grandma always when my grandma was alive she used to tell me that story and I used to say oh my gosh and but you know when my parents came to this country as well they were they were faced with a lot of racism and something yeah. that I actually haven't grown up with I don't know if you have but
0: you I know. did I did a bit okay. I think when we when we initially moved to the UK we were Placed in a really white suburban area. Okay. And when I when I say that, I mean there was absolutely no diversity where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I was deemed as the most exotic person there. I know it's like it's like wild. <laughs> so for me, I was, you know, I went into school. I didn't really know how to speak English. The only words I knew was apple. I didn't even, you know. Mm -hmm. When girls would speak to me, I didn't know what they were saying. And I had to learn. I had to learn as the days went by, the years went by. But my mum faced more racism than I did. Um, She was working as a checkout girl in Sainsbury's. She worked there for a decade. And the amount of racism she received was of course unacceptable but it's something that I could not personally imagine mm-hmm. so she would have people tell her to go back to her own country that they didn't understand her my mom speaks four languages like wow I'm sorry but people who are like oh I don't <laughs> understand you I'm like yeah but she speaks four languages and that's so impressive you oh, know yes. of course so yeah we did face quite a bit of racism but again like in a way I feel like everything happens to just make you so much more resilient and it did build me up to be much stronger and more resilient.
1: But that can really impact confidence, right? So if you're, if you're going to school, and actually it's funny, my first language, language was Gujarati. I didn't know how to speak English. My parents sent me to a school in Hammersmith. Nice. Right? <laughs> but I don't remember because I was so young. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really remember facing anyone, anyone telling me like, I don't understand what you're saying. Or, okay. I, I don't remember it. Maybe it was trauma and I blocked it out, but I genuinely Mm -hmm. don't. But I think that if someone criticizes the way in which you speak or the way you act and says that you should be a particular way to kind of fit in, that can really impact your confidence. Mm -hmm. Now, looking at you now, you're incredibly confident. And people often ask me, you know, how did you get so confident? But I always believe it's a skill that you can learn. It's not something that you just wake up and you're born with. Mm -hmm. So how did you kind of develop that confidence when you were growing up?
0: I didn't have it originally, so I... Didn't have the best time in school growing up. um, I wasn't particularly like the one the boys wanted or like, it's cool. Like I don't care now, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like at the time I was young, I was like vulnerable. I wanted to be cute and I wanted to be liked. And I think every person wants to be, so true. you know, cute and liked when they're in secondary school and they want to, they do want to be popular. And yeah. you do want to have attention from boys because you know, you're young and you think that's what life is about, you know? um. So I didn't have the confidence. in, in fact, I had, really low confidence because I didn't have anyone that wanted to date me or mm. I didn't have a big group of girls and I wasn't really like cool yeah same <laughs> like and it's fine you know mm-hmm. but I think for me I I built a lot of res- like resilience and I built a lot of confidence along the way um, I definitely I don't think I was born with it and I think you're right in the sense of it is a skill that you do have to.
1: Yeah, it's a muscle, you have it, to work it on it. It is, it is.
0: And I do strongly believe that it takes a lot of knocking down in order for you to build back up. And it does take a skill to learn because a lot of people would have knocked down their confidence and then stayed down, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think just to anyone listening who who is just facing, who is just facing their confidence being knocked down, who doesn't feel like they're accepted, who doesn't feel like they're lovable, understand this is a phase and you can overcome it and you you are so deserving of love and affection and confidence mm-hmm. and i do think everyone deserves to feel confidence because it's a skill yeah that is just so empowering in every type of way
1: want to make a podcast spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I love engaging with my audience with the Q&A and the polls. And I also love the fact that I can upload my video podcast onto Spotify because I know my audience love watching it sometimes when they're traveling on their commute. I highly recommend you give it a try. And you can download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. So true. And I think we all are insecure or don't feel confident in some elements of our life. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the time when people say to me, you're so confident on your podcast. I'm so, you know, I wish I could be as confident. I always say, you know, there's most times before a podcast, I'm scared. Mm-hmm. You know, I am so Why are so you scared? Nervous. Well, you know what I mean. Is like often when I'm doing like a big guest, mm-hmm. sometimes like you, I'm literally like shit. I better get it right, and all of these thoughts will come into my into my head, right? Like, will they cut, turn up? Will it go well? Will mm-hmm. it be impactful? Mm-hmm. But then I always try and remember now that you know I've done it done this before, and I can do it again.
0: Yeah, and, and you're
1: amazing at it anyway, <sighs> so.
0: <laughs> Honestly, you are. And I think that sometimes it just also takes someone reminding you. Yeah. And that's why Marina I said exactly this. Did she? This is so funny. Well, there you go. That's why we're <laughs> best friends, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's true. And I think there's such a beauty in just saying to someone, hey, like, you're doing yeah. great. Or, yeah. hey, just a reminder, you're, you're pretty epic at this. For and sure. that's why I always say to people, be mindful of the people around you because one sentence could completely impact how they are it's so positive
1: or negative so try and always make it really freaking positive it's so true we don't realize that our circle is the most important thing yeah yeah, it is but a lot of people when i've when i've talked about this before they always say well how do i find people around me how do i find people who are going to support me how do i look for new friends Mm -hmm.
0: i mean my my circle of friends is really small
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and i keep it quite tight and i keep it quite personal yeah I think for me, I'm really lucky to have such an incredible team around me. So the people I work with every single day, they have no doubt that we're capable of everything. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's because I drill that into them. Mm-hmm. So I'm very confident in our vision and our mission and what we wanna achieve, that as a byproduct of that, they they give me the same energy. Yeah, And I am a firm believer that the way you are is what you'll get in return. Sure. And I am a firm believer that if you are constantly negative and you constantly think that you're going to fail, if you're constantly just waiting for something bad to happen, you are ne- you are looking for it. You are for sure. searching for that negativity. Not all the times things can happen unexpectedly, mm-hmm. you know, and you haven't been looking for it actively. Mm-hmm. But majority of the time, I have learned in myself as well that every single time I go looking for something negative, it's there. Oh, I've found sure. it and every single time i'm more positive and i'm i'm more open minded and i know things will be okay it's a reassurance that things will be okay so i think because i give that energy to my team they give it back to me and i notice that when sometimes i'm not very positive their
1: energy changes so I have to be really careful with how I am in the office whereas before I really wasn't it's so interesting because you know a lot of people say well you know when you talk about manifestation or you talk around you know the energy what do you really mean and I just say you know part of every single day there's going to be something that you can take and say that was really positive yeah but you could also well, take that your, same it's situation. in your
0: planner right right
1: <laughs> just plug it for me why just don't you
0: get her planner it's absolutely <laughs> amazing and if you don't where are you
1: there you go but you know in a day you can take a situation and see the positive in it mm-hmm. or you can see the negative in it and I was coaching someone today and they said you know I was a bit upset because you know last week I didn't read my book enough and I said okay but what was your goal that you set and he said I wanted to read one book every in month. a day no no oh I said I wanted to read one book in a month and he said yeah but I didn't read that much last week because I already finished the other book so I was like so you could have said I've already finished I've already hit my target of completing one book.'" a month because it's the 30th of January today, right? Oh, yeah, so you yeah. finished it last week. You've started a new book and you weren't able to read much of it. Or you can say, I didn't read much of my book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But why are you not reflecting on the fact that you've already hit your goal? Mm. And just, there's so many small things like that where you can kind of rewire your thoughts and look at the positive thing. And I think that's where, you know, this positive energy mm-hmm. looking out for that is come, comes through.
0: It does. And I think, you know, you have to be really careful with what you say to yourself and the games you play with your mind, right? Because you are more in control than you give yourself credit for. And like I said, there are things that can happen that are completely out of your control. Mm -hmm. But the way you choose to react, the emotions you provide it, and how much time you choose to think about it, is your choice. And I always say, you have a choice with your own emotions, your own reactions, and what you think. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been through someone cheating on me. I've been through a breakup. I've been through someone trying to take my company. I've been through, you know, separating from someone I was gonna be engaged to. I've been through really bad family conflict, bad friendship breakups. Like, I think we all, it's safe to say, we all experience a fair share of similarities. We do. As human beings and it's how you choose to react to those things, it's how you choose to invest your energy in those things that actually matter the most. It's a personal
1: responsibility. It is. No one else is gonna change it for you. No. And no one else is gonna tell you what to do. Well, a- and actually, I think that's everyone will tell you what to do. They it's, will. It's but your choice about how you choose your time.
0: Well, I kinda have this theory, right? If you tell one person, mm-hmm. you really want advice. If you tell two people, you wanna make sure that advice is right. Mm-hmm. If you tell multiple people constantly, you're just breeding like attention to the problem that doesn't really need to be there. You're not trying to solve it. You're not trying to solve it. And mm-hmm. I've just learned sit to tell myself, sit with it. Give yourself at least two days, like mm-hmm. think about it before you react. For sure. And it's the best thing I ever did because I was a very hyper reactive person. Right. I'm still learning. Like I'm not gonna sit here and, <laughs> and, and ch- chat shit. Like I'm not gonna do that. I'm, I am sometimes really reactive to things, but I was way more reactive to things that say two years ago to the point where I would almost make myself really unwell because I didn't know how to handle my emotions. And it's taken me so much time to get to the point where I'm like, calm down, Mm. think about it, sleep on it, think about it again, write it down. Look at the pros and cons. I'm not saying every decision is like that. Like when my boyfriend doesn't take out the bin, then yeah, I'm going to react like Jesus Christ, I'm not going to think about it for two days. Like take out the bin. (laughs) But if it's like a big business problem, I have to simmer down. Right. Because then I realize my reaction could make things 10,000
1: times worse. That's very difficult. I'm exactly like you were two years ago. You know, I'm very high on emotion. And sometimes when something, annoys me I will react in that moment There we go. now there are some times like you I put my planner down and I say what didn't go so well today and I read through it and mm-hmm. I really try and come up with a solution but often it's very difficult to not naturally do that especially when you know you're 28 I'm 29 there's years and years of conditioning and years and years of behavior that we've automatically reacted how do you stop yourself
0: well, I don't know about you, like, how was your family growing up? Were they, like... This isn't my podcast, Chrissy. Okay? No, but I just want to know. <laughs> I just want to, like, anything. how... how, how um, Were they, like, quite they're not reactive? Calm. They're not
1: calm. Spicy, like... Correct. yeah, Yeah. Very reactive, yeah. So, like,
0: I come from a Balkan background, right? So <laughs> all my aunties are reactive. My dad is reactive, yeah. like... I used to get slaps, yeah? Growing up, (laughs) I used to get beats. Like if things were not done properly to my dad's and mum's standards, it was an explosion. So I grew up in a very hostile, on edge, constantly reactive never sat down, spoke about your emotions, right? Mm -hmm. Never. Like my dad never once told me he loved me growing up. Never once. Wow. Till this day, he still hasn't told me he loves me. But I know he loves me. Tell her you love her. (laughs) (laughs) He loves me. But growing up, I never got that. So now I find it really hard to tell even my partner, hey, I really love you, even though I love him. Wow. Yeah, but you are a byproduct of your environment. And if I've been conditioned to only believe that a reaction warrants the attention, then that's what I'm gonna do, right? Right. So even in past relationships, when I haven't got the response I've wanted, I react. Same. Right? And it's like, no, I will shout louder. No, you will listen to me. Yeah. And I realized that is the complete wrong attitude to have to every aspect. And I think sometimes we need to give ourselves a little bit of credit, you know? If you haven't been around peace and talking about a problem, then how do you expect to
1: resolve a problem in a more peaceful manner? And it's hard, you know? I was the same as you, right? When you say that, it's so relatable because. It's very much around, you know, shouting, speaking loudly. And sometimes, you know, when people look outside, we're not actually angry. It's just the way in which we speak to each other. It's yeah. normal. Yeah. It's never like, hey, are you okay? It's like, come on, do this, get on yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah. We need to rush. Everything's always a rush. Mm-hmm. And so when I go to families and they're like, hi, honey, would you like dinner? Good morning. I'm like, what the hell is going you- on? Yeah, I'm the same. It's so crazy. But it's, it's a cultural even thing harder, as well. Though, as it's well. a cultural thing. But it's even harder than Chrissy to take a step back into to pause on when you when you face a problem, how do you do it now? How do you stop yourself asking for a friend?
0: <laughs> so, okay, so when I first started Evolve You and Honor Active, I actually intentionally put a rule out where I told my staff not to hug me anymore. Yeah, honestly. Because I yeah. thought that by having a detachment, it would make me less reactive. I thought, You know, like just high and by, no emotions, no reaction. That's what I thought. That because no one gives you a handbook. Like my family are two immigrant, like two immigrant parents. They didn't own companies. They never operated around people. They never had their own staff, their own employees. I've had. I didn't know what I was doing, right or wrong, right? And I realized that was the complete wrong tactic. Like the complete wrong tactic. If you show people empathy, if you just ask them, how was your weekend? What did you do? If you just talk to them about your personal life and let them in, Mm. you tend to realize that no one actually wants to make a mistake. No one is out to try and do things wrong. Mm -hmm. They are just human beings trying to make your vision happen, trying to do something right for your company or you, Mm -hmm. or even a relationship like, you're not always going to see eye to eye with your partner. You're not always going to see eye to eye with your friend. Mm-hmm. But if you truly are empathetic and you have the mindset that their intentions are good. Yeah. Trust me, your reactions will change completely.
1: You're right. You're right. Because I always look at people's intentions. Yeah. Whenever I have a conversation and I always am much calmer knowing that they haven't done it to really annoy no, me. No, 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 no. But often that's not the case for some people. But anyway. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Send them over to me then. <laughs> Joking. I want to go into your fitness journey. Sure, tell me about it.
0: So I started my fitness journey roughly, I'd say, eight years ago. Okay. Um, I was a law student at the time, and
1: studying law too. Did you? Oh my god! Did you go all the way? No. I said I finished my degree. I didn't. I didn't. Oh no! But you went all the way and got the degree. Yeah. And then you didn't practice.
0: No. (laughs) Like, universe had other plans for me. (laughs) um but I was a law student at the time I was going through a really bad breakup at the time I'd got cheated on so I was like feeling oh.
1: broken when you're 18
0: yeah but I also felt like I was not like in it, it, it I relapsed right so I got the feeling that I wasn't lovable like I, I felt like in school mm. so I relapsed and I thought oh my god this is happening again like I'm not lovable I'm not this I'm not that so it made me feel really self-conscious i went into destructive mode i didn't like who i was i didn't appreciate the woman i like i was becoming i was young but i was evolving you know so i stepped foot into the gym i signed up i was like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this signed up went back out never came back for two months i was like fuck this i ain't coming back (laughs) i don't want i don't want to do this uh, and then I went back and I was like, no, I'm going to do this. And I didn't know what I was doing. I went straight into the cardio machi- machines. I was super nervous. There was men around me. There was weights. I was intimidated. Mm. So when I say to people, I understand you. I-, I truly, wholeheartedly understand you. I've been in that position. And then I started getting into it more. Right. I started getting really intrigued by the weights picked up a set of dumbbells, started educating myself. At the time I was a waitress as well. Wow. So I would do my waitressing job in between my lunch breaks. I'd go to the gym, I'd study in the evening. So it was like full on.
1: My gosh.
0: And then one day I decided to just post myself doing, I think, I believe it was a cable kickback. And I was like, you know what, I actually look really good. Like no one can tell me I don't look good. (laughs) So I was like, do you know what? I know he's still watching. I'm going to post it. So I posted it and I was like, oh, I've actually like got a bit of attention. Wow. Never once did I start my Instagram with the hopes of growing a community with the hopes of you know monetizing from it you don't yeah. you didn't so, think like that eight years ago no. like you sorry but nowadays things have changed completely like no people like, do it
1: only for that reason only
0: for that reason reason it's not genuine and you see straight through it so if you're gonna do social media just please do something good out there and try and help someone Or yeah and then all of a sudden I started posting more Sharing my journey, keeping myself accountable, and all these women from all around the world from the US, from Spain, from you know, Canada, from all over Australia. We just built this massive community off the back of just a really unintentional
1: my God.
0: post, and it just snowballed from there. It's crazy. You have yeah.
1: 3.1 million followers on Instagram right now. That is a huge community to manage. Yeah. And two big businesses as well. And so many other things, I'm sure, you know, <laughs> that take up your time. But tell me how you kind of started the business because obviously you were growing and posting on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But how does that transition? Because there are a lot of people out there right now who do it solely for that purpose. And I fundamentally disagree with that. I always say to everyone, you should focus on providing value instead of focusing on going viral. Yeah. Stop following the latest trends. Stop uploading with the latest sound mm. and thinking, well, this is what I want. Because it isn't what you want. Because when you get all the fame, you're yeah. going to realize it was for nothing. There's nothing yeah. underneath it. So tell me how you transition from Instagram into actually building a business. Because they're very, very two different things.
0: They are two different things. I think for me, I've always had a lot of um, hunger for work. Mm-hmm. I've loved like working. I mean, I lied about my age just to be a pot wash girl i was 14 and i was like yeah i'm 16 yeah and she was like chrissy it's been three months where's your passport and i kept delaying it it was cash in hand at the time no way i just like i come from a family where my mum worked free jobs you know my dad worked as a hv1 lorry driver so it was like engraved in me but all my cash would go to my mum as well to help her out so i never actually
1: that's amazing
0: kept the cash Um, I used to keep my tips as a waitress, but my wages used to go to my mom. I don't know still to this day what she's done with all that money, but whatever. Um, I'll let it go now. I'll let it go now. But uh, yeah, so I started getting loads of inquiries about training programs at the time. I didn't have a qualification, so I got myself a level two personal training qualification, which means you can offer programs online. Right. And then I started providing... These PDFs that, oh my god! Looking back on it, like I'm actually like cringed because I feel so, <laughs> I feel mortified that I built it <laughs> on like pages. So funny because I didn't know how to do it. I didn't of know course. like what how to run a company. So at the time, I started it with my um, my ex fiancee, mm-hmm. who is still my business partner now and the mm-hmm. CEO of Evolve You, and I love unconditionally like one of my bestest friends just didn't work out romantically yeah but um we started it and we started we launched it and all of a sudden we were like what is going on like thousands of people are downloading this pdf i was stunned i was shocked so many things and it was paid for yeah yeah as people were paying for it yeah yeah wow So he worked more on the customer service bit and the web. I focus on the programs. I focused on front of house, image, look, feel, whatever. Okay. I've always been like hyper creative as well. I've loved the creative aspect of things. Mm -hmm. So I was never really good at the tech side of things. I was always really good at the creative direction side of things. From there, it evolved, ironically, Evolve You. It evolved and then we launched more PDFs and then we launched, the community got bigger and bigger. And then I sat him down and I said, this is not gonna work. And he goes, what do you mean? And I was like, it's too flat, it's too static. There's no room for evolving. Mm. And you know what's so funny? I actually bought the domain Evolve You five years ago and I never used that. I used Tone and Sculpt instead, which is what the app was originally called. No way. And I knew all along I should have always done Evolve You, but from a SEO search point, Tone and Sculpt was more appealing. Right. So from a marketing standpoint of Tone and Sculpt was way more sexy to women. Of course. Evolve You wasn't, but I knew deep down I should have always gone with Evolve You, and that's why it was so easy to make that transitional change when we rebranded. which no one ever knows about yeah (laughs) i said to him we need something that's constantly evolving constantly giving women more and more and more like the ability to for a beginner for intermediate more more recipes and then the evolve you app was born which was then called toner sculpt
1: my god we
0: launched it so many problems so many mistakes we didn't know what we were doing first time in tech um so so many things that happened that were just things we could never imagine until it happened, right? Yeah. And then we introduced more trainers to mm-hmm. it. We were the first female fitness app to bring out a Muslim trainer as well, which is something that's super wow. important because I just feel like as a young woman, I want to help young women look at the Evolve You app and be like, I see myself in this person. I feel like I'm welcomed here. Mm-hmm. And invited, which is very, very important. And all women should have the ability to move their bodies, you know? Absolutely. And yeah, now we have nearly 100,000 subscribers on the app, which is absolutely incredible. Worldwide in over 143 countries. And it's just growing steadily. It's it's doing really well. And the community is incredible. The women we help are amazing. And we have just such an incredible like community and it's wholesome and it's
1: just I live for it. So yeah. A hundred thousand subscribers is crazy. And I know when I was listening to you some of your other podcasts, you talking you talk around, you know, managing tech is really, really tough. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and you can wake up one day and there can be a bug or there can be something. Yep and everything comes crashing down. Now, you know, when starting a business, I think a lot of people struggle with their mental health. Mm -hmm. And throughout their podcast, every entrepreneur that's come on here has told me Mm -hmm. that at some point, it's been really bad. When was it getting really bad for you?
0: I think there's a lot of things that were happening behind the scenes that people may not be aware of, because obviously, it's a personal journey. But Mm -hmm. there was a few like legal problems and legal battles that we we had to go through. And, A point where I thought I was I was gonna lose my brand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it it did scare me and it did completely spiral me because I just thought I've built this with incredible people for an incredible community and it could just be stripped away. Mm -hmm. And it terrified me. So that was really hard. I think the constant pressure to evolve and be that one percent better can sometimes get to you as well. Yeah. But also, I I will I will say. Whilst things did get hard, I wouldn't have changed them, because I feel like I really learned and I really grew the most when those difficult pain points happened. Mm-hmm. But I also think that you can see running a business as really hard and all these things, yeah, yeah, and it is, yes, of course it is. You're always switched on. You're always on the go. There is no, there's no really ever an hour never where you actually have s- switched off mm-hmm. even when i'm getting like a sports massage i'm not switched off of like course. even yeah. when i'm getting a facial i'm not switching off so yes it is intense like that but also what a privilege exactly. that you get to nurture community you get to build product you love that you get to every single day, go and work on a passion that you have. Mm -hmm. And I think no amount of pressure or pain points or hardship could ever outweigh
1: the passion that I have for the brands that that we've built. It's so true. I mean, a lot of people always say, you know, being an entrepreneur is so hard because you're working all the time. Yeah, but you enjoy it. It's fun. A lot of people say to me, you know, but you're you're always running around. And I was like, but I wouldn't I would yeah, never ever. It. I definitely think I have ADHD, but I would never take any medication to yeah. calm down because how would I cope? Don't worry. I, definitely I, do, I do I I babe. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be like relaxed and calm. I love being in a rush. That is who I am. It's all I've known. But there's a big taboo, right? So mm-hmm. now people are like Why do you have to be an
0: overachiever? Why do you have to work so hard? Why, it's like, do you know what? If you you don't wanna do that, you don't have to do that. If you wanna do that, you can do that. There is no right or wrong. And I feel like, honestly, there's this now big
1: narrative where it's almost bad to work the way you wanna work. It's toxic work culture. People are saying if you work long hours, it's toxic. But at the same time, I'm like, but that's my problem. Like,
0: that's my, that's me, that's my problem. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, no one's forcing you to do anything you don't want to do, but I'm not going to change because society is now telling me that the way I'm working is toxic. Yeah. Okay, you can perceive it like that. I perceive it as I get to work on my passion all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, that is so cool. Like that's exactly. the way I see it. You know, of course it's hard, but everything is
1: hard in life. Everything is it, hard. You know? Nothing is easy. No. And this is why you've now re- generated thirty million dollars in revenue, right, in two years. For honor, <laughs> still okay. Oh, for one brand, yeah. <laughs> you're like mm, for what? Okay, for tell one. me, tell me for for Evolve you. Um,
0: so both. Brands combined in three years have generated 60 million.
1: <laughs> and you're
0: 29.
1: Yeah, but it's not 60 million in my pocket, babe. Not the point. You still <laughs> built a company or two companies.
0: Yeah, well, with an incredible team. Like, and trust how- me, with amazing people.
1: Yeah, it's impossible to do it. No, on you can't by do it on yourself. yourself. No, no. Hiring the right people is often a difficult one. Mm-hmm. What do you look for?
0: I actually never do the hiring or the firing. Okay. Um, It's something I don't personally like to get involved on because there's a fine line with me because of my platform as well. So you don't want to build too much negativity, yes. you know, so I have to be careful. And I think this is also something that's really big now because a lot of people who have large platforms have become entrepreneurs or business mm-hmm. owners and they're almost having to keep themselves even at a higher accountability or they have to give people a bigger excuse for certain things. And it's like, okay. hold on a minute, just because I have a platform, you know, like don't treat me any different from any other business owner. So My business is going to make mistakes. I'm going to have to let people go too. I may not be always, you know, mm-hmm. chirpy. Like, exactly. do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just because I have a platform, I've got to be 10,000 times <laughs> nice or cooler. <laughs> like, no, like sometimes I am need shit done, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think- Hiring people for me, the biggest thing is, you have to be honest in your culture and not gaslight someone that you're hiring. Mm -hmm. Because then when you hire them, they're expected to work a different way because you lie to them. Does that make sense? For sure. So now when we do our hiring process, we're super transparent. We're like, this is 100 miles an hour. Yeah. This is agile. Mm -hmm. Things can change in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. They are going, it is gonna be tough at times. The team will always look out for you. They've got each other's back. Mm-hmm. They freaking love each other where we work. We have incredible fun. Yeah. But it's a lot. Yeah. It's not It's, it's not cost-based. chilled. It's not chilled. Yeah. Can you take that? Mm, no, I actually want a chill job.
1: Sure. No problem. No problem. Yeah.
0: Yeah, actually, I really like that. That's what I want to be a part of. Cool. Come along.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I feel like if you're always transparent, honest, and you position yourself the way you are, mm-hmm. you're gonna make the right hire. If you start oh, gaslighting people and like, yeah, we have such a great this, and don't lie. Just tell people how it is.
1: So true. Transparency so, is the most yeah. important. Because then they know what they're getting. getting themselves into. Yeah. Having such a big career and being a woman and mm. being a woman of color, mm-hmm. one of the things that I speak a lot about in this podcast is that constant balancing. I get it. I'm not sure if you do, but focus on your career at some point, but mm-hmm. focus on your family first. Focus oh. on getting married. <laughs> focus on having kids. Do you get that same pressure? I feel like, you know, it's so interesting because we never ask men this. Never. I've actually, like- I've said this on my podcast multiple times, <sighs> that even when mothers come on here, I say, how do you manage? And I always say as a prerequisite, I I know I'm asking you that question as a woman, but that's because I know you do more more than your husband. Yeah, I mean... Women do more work. I'm not saying men don't do anything. No. But I'm saying women do more work. And I'm asking you that because I know if I had a man on here, they would say, no, I never feel the pressure. Do you think? I had Diren on here who was, I asked him that same question. I said, managing your career, because he also broke up from his fiance. Okay. And I said, how do people give you that pressure? And he said, no one ever asks me. They just let me get on with it. He said, people don't ask men as much as they ask women. I think, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I I, I want to, I want to to say how I feel, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the best I can do. Yeah. I believe women have more of a purpose in life than just bearing children. Like that is not your only purpose in life, okay? And that is not your only thing that you want to do in life. You are a human being with multiple complexities and you can have multiple purposes and you can have multiple drives. I want to one day be a mother. I want to also be a business owner. Mm-hmm. I also want to be a leader. I want to day one day want to be, you know, someone who is known for making a really big impact to people in the wellness industry. You know, mm-hmm. so I feel like this conception that women are only really great for one thing is actually really freaking damaging. It is, and I hope. The more we evolve in our generations to come, we can sit our young girls down and we can be like, hey, like, you can have a career. You can be a wife if you want to. Yes. You can be a mother if you want to. And you know, it can be tough, it will be hard. Mm -hmm. And there'll be times where certain things might need to pause for other things to happen. And, you know, you have to try and get that balance right. But your sole purpose is not always to just get married, to try and get attention, to try and do this, to be soft-spoken, to do this, to do that. Like, no, I have more to me than just being a mother, you know, or being someone's wife. I just think the narrative is just needs to change now. I think we've got to that point now where it's just getting a bit boring. i
1: <laughs> sorry, but, but I think yeah. it's like we have this pathway in life, right? In school, it's ingrained in us: go to school, get your grades, get your job, there we go, get married, we have, have to kids. The narrative. Bingo, that's your path, and we have to be the, the, the we have to be the change, and we have. But to
0: that's why I'm
1: saying your
0: your own, your your one purpose isn't just getting married, you know being someone's wife it that's not your your that's not a purpose mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. you know what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. your purpose is you have to dig deep and see what you truly love and what makes you so fulfilled and you know what being a wife could make someone super fulfilled yes. and, and that's, that's fine, fine like yeah. go ahead mm-hmm. go ahead and whatever makes you happy, do that. We just have to let people be, honestly. Like just let just
1: let me be. <laughs> just let me I think be. this is the point. We always judge other people for their choices. And I think, you know, we all have the power to choose who we want to be. Yeah. And we should be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And if you're authentic and you're comfortable with that, it won't matter what other people say. There we say. go. Chrissy, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, this thanks for having such a me. Pleasure, and I wish you nothing but success. Thank you so much everyone and thank you so much for listening and watching this podcast wherever you're listening or watching if you could please press the follow like and subscribe button it would really mean the world to me